Venom Computers. This is Intelligent Performance. Welcome to Intelligent Performance, where we are fanatical about excellence in human endeavor. And today, I want to introduce you to a very special person, a lady called Star Hansen, who is a clutter whisperer. And what is a clutter whisperer? Well, it's a good question. It is someone who helped to navigate your clutter challenges. And, and if you're not a clutterer, then you may well be a tidy person, or maybe even a tidy freak. And if you are, you're going to get a lot from this episode, whether you're right on one end of super messy and or the other one where you might be a complete control freak about where things go in your house and if you've been wondering how to navigate either a super messy person or a husband or wife who is over the top when it comes to their cleanliness and their routine or strict regime this is the episode for you it's probably going to be the most referred episode we've ever done simply because it's going to be help you navigate that difficult conversation to fix or sort your partner this is a super interesting episode all about what your clutter tells you about you. Let's dive straight in. Star, thanks so much for joining us. It is a pleasure to have you here. And where I'd love to start is what is your take on intelligent performance in the world of clutter? Such a great question. I think when people think of clutter, they think of organization. They think of not clutter, but they think of how do I get organized? And I think (laughs) one of the challenges with like many organizing systems is they're not that intelligent. Like it looks good and it sounds good and it Mm. may be pretty, but if you are decanting your pantry and you are having to dump three quarters of a cereal box out into a small jug so it looks pretty and then now you have this giant cereal box that needs to be hidden somewhere, that's not that smart. That's not a very intelligent situation. So I, I love the idea of your systems supporting your brain, supporting your family, supporting the chapter of life that you're in, and having the systems really be this elegant space between beauty and functionality and also also emotional support. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I am super excited to talk to you about this topic because I feel like it's... <laughs> This might be a therapy session for me, perhaps, start. Um, Lay down on the couch. You'll be free. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've, 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 I think, I, I don't know why, I don't, I don't think it was particularly organized as a teenager, but since leaving home, I joined the army. Maybe that was where they kind of like showed me you need to be um, organized or be more organized. And then, but since then, I've kind of got progressively more anal and more like, um, uptight about tidiness to the point where I now have two little kids and it's, you know, navigating that balance between clutter and, and not and, and and finding how other people approach, let's say, organization. So let's talk about your your clients, first of all. Like, actually, I'm going to talk about you. What, what the hell do you end up being a clutter whisperer? That's a, I feel like just give us the, like the, <laughs> the high level. It journey. was an accident. It was a total accident. <laughs> What I knew in my heart was that I was a healer. I knew that. And I just was kind of open to what that looked like. And at the time, this was 20 years ago, no one knew what organizing was. When I first started this, I would say, oh, I'm a professional organizer. And they would say, you organize events? Like they just they just didn't yeah. go. I was like, before Marie Kondo, it was before you know yeah. Netflix made it huge. And so it's been a whole different world. You know, I've I've gotten to witness this whole world change. And so at the time, it just was something that I was good at. But how I went from being a professional organizer to being a clutter whisperer was like a huge jump because once I started going into people's homes and I was organizing them, I was really seeing clearly that clutter is so much 
more than just physical stuff. Like we, it's an extension of us. And so it's, it's so interesting. I think this is also why it's such a shame inducing, fear inducing topic because mm. Like as I hear you talk about your spouse and your kids and all that, it's like, yeah, it's it is superhuman to share space with people because our spaces are so personal to us and they represent our values and how we do things and what we're working mm-hmm. through emotionally and physically. And you can't get more intimate than sharing a home with someone. That's very complex. And mm-hmm. it takes a different level of patience and love to align together. And it's hard because no one you know, you don't know that before you go in and you start procreating and creating little humans who want to put their dirty hands all over your nice clean <laughs> sofa. They don't know that. And you don't know that you love them and that you want them to go to their room for 15 to 20 years. So it's really complicated, you know? <laughs> That's so describing my exact internal thoughts there. It's that. So, uh, so, all right. So what do we get, what do people get wrong about clutter then? Like, it sounds like they might be just trying to change the superficial piece here, right? Is is that what it is? Or, or is I think the more? thing that the thing that people get the thing the number one thing people get wrong about clutter is that clutter's bad, and that clutter is is proof of a defect in you. And I would say that clutter is proof of your genius. Clutter is you outgrowing your current situation, life, model, systems. It's you expanding into the next version of yourself and not fully understanding how to release the past and not really sure where you're going, which is, I mean, spoiler alert, all of us, we're all trying to figure out where are we going? How's this going? And it's just to me, when I see people's clutter, I see the beauty of your life. I see, I mean, if I walked into your house and it was sterile, like, I mean, it just breaks my heart. Whereas if I come over and there's like kitchen is a mess with cooking and, you know, dishes from the kids and there's artwork all over, that's a a home that somebody lives in. That's a life. And and when we see these pockets of clutter, it really is, it's illuminating where you're growing and illuminating where you're changing and where you're being invited to explore further in your life. So what would you say to the skeptic who's just like, you just don't have enough storage? Oh, how dare you? How dare you? Ske- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, bring on the skepticism. So so look, there's two types of clutter. There's what I call practical clutter, and then there's activated clutter. Now, practical clutter is just physical stuff. It's just stuff that, if, in all honesty, if I gave you a budget to buy bins and an hour or or four hours to handle it, you probably could handle it on the first try, and it would be no big deal, right? You just mm. need some, you know, some time and some bins. That's all. Now, practi- or that's the practical clutter. Activated clutter is clutter that you have been pushing around that house for decades. It is stuff that no matter how many times you try to get a handle on it, it keeps popping back up. It's that pile on the kitchen counter. It is that room of doom, the former guest room that is now this uninhabitable space that no one wants to look at. You know, you it's like, it's just all, and you know that that space is, you know that that stuff is activated if it makes you feel anxious or if you feel scared to get rid of it, or if you feel ashamed of it, or if you think about it constantly, I should get a handle on that. I should have already gotten a handle on it. What's wrong with me? If you treat yourself badly about your clutter, that tells me it's activated. Because if it is just practical clutter, and there is practical clutter, all you need is time and some solutions. That's really all you need. Maybe you need to have some organizing insight for how to do it if you were never taught. But the truth is on the first go round, you'd probably get it nailed, and then you would just evolve your system. 
activated clutter, that's the clutter we're looking at. And that's the clutter that really is igniting and telling us that something bigger is going on. And here's the doozy of it all. So it sounds nice, right? Like it's all politely like, this is not my clean clutter. This is my activated clutter. This is my practical clutter. And it's not that easy. What happens is the emotional activation clutter calls in the practical clutter to hide it, right? So think about it. If you lost someone that was very dear to you and you have some of their papers in your house and you have not had a chance to get through it, but there's a part of you that probably doesn't want to face it and you want to cover it and you want to hide it and you don't want to see it. It's too overwhelming. Or if you hate your job and you're like, oh, I just went out of this. But every time you look at stuff from work, you feel overwhelmed because you hate your job and you want to leave it and you can't because you have a mortgage. And right, we call in, we basically magnetize other non-urgent, non-activated clutter to hide the activated clutter so that we can feel peaceful in our home. Right. So that's like they work together. It's this very slippery situation. So there is such thing as neutral clutter. And oftentimes it's working to help hide the more activated clutter. Okay. So question, do you think, can you become more organized or are you born organized? Like, is that, is that, is that, is that that like a superficial level of it? I I appreciate this is something deeper here, but like, is there. You can what I learn. You know, and, yeah. and please, for the love of everything holy, please learn. Because the truth is, if you don't know how to organize a space, and most of us were just not taught, our parents mm-hmm. were doing the best they could, they were just getting by, we were never taught. And yet we were expected, like, how many memories do you have of being told, clean your room, clean your room? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, But I don't have many memories of someone teaching me how to clean my room, like just being yelled at for not doing it properly. So the most important thing you can learn first and foremost is how to organize. And I've never seen anyone who can't be taught how to organize. And so much so that I like this is something that I use internally with my programs, but I just give it away for free because I think it's that important that people know how to organize. If you don't know how to organize, you can download a free organizing guide. It's my 10 steps for how to get and stay organized at organizingiseasy.com and teach it to your kids model it yourself. Like they're not going to get it through osmosis. They will model your behavior and people do. Like I have people who come to me who've, you know, say for example, had a late in life ADHD diagnosis. And there's such a stigma of like, oh, I have ADHD. None of these systems are going to work. I'm never going to be disorganized. And I will have those people. And the truth is people who have complex brains like that, they actually are more organized than people who don't, you know, who are more neurotypical. And so what we have to do is teach you first how to organize and then secondly, figure out how you need to be organized because there's not a one size fits all. It's like, yeah, here's the basics and you need to make sure you know these. But then what do we need for you? If you're a visual person, do not put things, you're not going to be a minimalist with nothing showing on your walls and counters. You need things out where you can see them. If you're someone who likes to touch things, you might always be a paper person. You may never take the dip to digital. And so knowing how you thrive is really, really important. And a big part of my work is helping people normalize how their brain works and really start to embrace what works for them, not what the 80% or 90% of people are doing, because that just may not work for you. Wow. Okay. Because I think it, I, I'm putting my, trying to put myself in a client's shoes here. Do it. And also, I kind of feel my initial reaction is like, this seems, it might seem so menial to some people that, yes. you know, I'm a high functioning human being, you know, I'm a, pa- I'm a parent, I've got stuff going on, but I can't organize my office. Or well, I'm like, I've still got, my desk is still cluttered and I'm looking around at my desk and I've got receipts and like, I'm just like, yeah. like, 
And I think I, I love your the, the title of your book is what, you know why the F am I still not organised? And I think that's that's kind of actually speaks to that internal conversation that I have or others would probably have. In the yeah, you know, what what is it? Why am I struggling so much in this area in particular? It, so what is it about this space, Star? That you know, if I'm really organised at work, I just can't seem to hack it or get it right at home. Yeah. So I have found that there's five different ways that we use clutter. So we often use clutter to do things for us that we may not even realize that we're doing. And, you know, one, you know, so it's basically like we might use clutter to protect us, right? Like to create a a, a boundary essentially. So like imagine if you have, you know, I don't know, something really valuable to you. You've got like $2,000 in cash, right? And it's sitting there and then your kids walk in and you don't want them running off with it. So you make a giant pile in front of the cash so that they can't find it, right? Or if you've bought chocolate and you don't want them to find it, you might pile stuff in front of the chocolate so that they can't find it. You might use it as a boundary in that way. Or if you don't want someone to go into a particular area, you might create clutter in that way. We use clutter to communicate. In my TEDx talk, I share the story of a client who was a husband and wife and they had been their kitchen had been disorganized for the last year. And as we organized it, the last thing standing on their kitchen counter was a broken teacup. And they had both left it out for over one year in order to silently blame each other for it having been broken. Like, I didn't do it. It was you. It's like this whole, the the crux of that clutter was like, was, was the cup. Like they probably didn't have any clutter before that cup until they needed to kind of like avoid the communication that was being had. We often use clutter as a security, you know, so if, if you grew up without a lot of money or a lot of resources, like I think of my great grandma and she grew up during the depression and her pantry always was overflowing because she had a, a big chunk of her life where she didn't have enough money to feed her kids, to take care of herself. So she needed that security through her physical stuff to know that she was okay. She required that. I've seen the same with people who have 200 pairs of shoes. They grew up with one pair of shoes and they were falling apart as a kid and they feel embarrassed. And as an adult, they want to prove to themselves and they want to feel sure and stable that they will have their needs met. And it's just so fascinating to see how we as humans are able to unconsciously use our stuff to meet these needs. And once we can determine what the need is that's being met, then we can find a way to meet that need without the clutter. Like, how do you not have a kitchen pantry that's overflowing and still feel abundant and like you're not going to starve. So that becomes the real conversation. The conversation is, I'm scared of starving. Okay, great. You've starved before. I have starved before. I don't want to starve again. What would make you feel consciously from your strong, powerful self? Because the truth is my clients are not lazy. They're not clueless. These are badass, powerful people who are out doing great things in the world. It's not that you're not capable of organizing, it's just that you haven't thought of it mindfully before. So if we take that superpower of yours and we turn it inside and say, okay, great, what's clutter doing? Now let's meet that in the most direct possible way that makes you know that that need is met. And then once that's met, you don't need the clutter anymore. You don't need a hiding for you or holding space for you. You're able to really make sure that you're deeply sourced in in every possible way that you need. So from coming back to like a, a performance perspective here, I'm thinking there would be two people, two types of people thinking about or on this podcast or listening to this and they're going to be going either, wow, this is me or the other one is, 
my partner really needs to listen. I was going to say that. I was wondering if you were going to bring up. It's totally true. It's like, it's not me. It's them. Fix it's them. Yeah. Okay. Can I, can I speak to that for a second? Because so clutter is one of these topics that people feel a lot of shame about. And if you have a partner who has clutter, they probably feel judged, attacked, shamed. If you bring up the C word, the clutter word, they're either starting a fight or they're walking away or avoiding eye contact or bringing up something you did, right? It's, it's not going to go well. So what I tell people is we have to be on the same team, right? Especially with our partners. Like we have to be on the same team. They know they have a clutter problem. You telling them they have a clutter problem does not make them get it together more. It just makes them feel ashamed. And Brene Brown has a great quote from her book, Atlas of the Heart. She says the antidote to shame is connection and telling someone they've done something wrong is on par with someone like walking up to a person who's overweight and handing them a diet book and being like you could use this like that would be so rude and yet we have no problem doing it with our clutter so instead what what i suggest for people to do is to ask their partners or their friends or their family members whoever's struggling tell me about what you want to achieve with your clutter are you satisfied with how it is? Are you just okay with it being this way? Or do you want to make a change? How can I support you? And then if they're doing organizing sessions on their own, asking them at the end of the day, not how much did you get rid of or how does it look now? Don't look at the the after. Ask them, what did you discover about yourself today? Did you find something that was really cool? Do you have any stories you remembered today that you want to tell me? That tells them that you love them. That tells them that you're invested in them and that you care about them as a person. And that will actually make them clutter less. Like when you walk up and you say, how much did you get rid of? And I can't believe your clutter's still here. They're going to double down with both yeah. hands. They're going to get the feet involved. They're going to hire someone to push the clutter. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, Welcome it gets intense. Well, you, know, you are not alone, my friend. You're not alone. <laughs> it is. I honestly, the more loving we can be with people. And here's the thing. I don't, I'm not saying yes, let your cluttered spouse or friends or whoever take over the house. That's not what I'm saying. You need to know where you have safety. Like I am someone who requires certain areas of my home I need to have organized. So that's a boundary that I set with people that I live with. Hey, my office is my sacred place. Nothing goes in there that's not mine. You know, and and I want them to have like I've had, you know, partners who are very cluttered. I've had partners who love my organization and I've had partners who love them some clutter. And we just have my space that is my, you know, even if it's a corner of a room, this is my space that gets to be the way that I want it to be. And no one gets to comment on it or have an opinion. This is my space. And then they get a space where they can just unfurl their chaotic hurricane of themselves and put things everywhere. And then you have common spaces where you determine together how that looks. So that way, if someone feels like they're really struggling, they can still have that chaos because one of the ways that we use clutter is for comfort. For some people, it's very comforting. If you grew up in a family that, say you were in the military and you traveled a lot, your stuff is probably more consistent to you than any human was when you were growing up. And so sometimes clutter is comfort and we want to offer that as an option for people. Sometimes even I've seen people use the process of organization as a way that they process information or process emotions. So just creating categories or rehanging things up or folding can be very healing. So we want our partners to have space for that. And we want neutrally agreed upon spaces together and space for you to be how you want it to be. You know, like I, nobody messes with my work. Like in my office space, there's not an inch of clutter because I want clarity in here and I require that. And so really setting those boundaries so that you don't expect someone to give you something 
that isn't possible. Like obviously the living room, if the kids are playing there, that's going to be a mess half the time because they're playing there. And so we can just let go of that. If you need a sitting room, then we set up a sitting room or we move the playroom somewhere else so that you don't feel stressed when you see that clutter. Mm, interesting. I think what would you what would your advice be to someone, let's say, because I feel like there would be people rushing off from this and saying, well, I got to go and, um, and tell my wife that it's not the clutter, it's the emotional baggage she's got. Underneath with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to keep your marriage, I recommend maybe not. <laughs> I mean, like, let's not diagnose for others. No, but it's, you know, I, most people that I work with, it's like they have been hungry for this because they've been beating their head up against a wall. They've been the one who's trying to get organized for the last two decades. They're trying over and over again. So for me to say, hey, it's not you, your clutter's helping you or your clutter's doing something good. I did a, a keynote speech a couple of months ago and I said, I was so sure. I was like so cocky. I was like, I'm going to ask them this question that's going to blow their mind and they will yeah. have never seen it coming. And I said, you know, what if I tell you that clutter is actually a good thing and that it's helping you? And I swear to God, Michael, half of the audience started cheering. And I was like, what? That was not one of the options in my mind, <laughs> but they're ready. I mean, people are ready to look at their clutter with a new light that because it's not them. It's not that they have an emotional problem. It's that they are so smart that they have found a way to use clutter in their favor. They are using their clutter in powerful ways. It really is an extension and proof of our genius, not proof of our defects. Wow. So you just go tell your wife that she's a genius. Say, hey, okay. you're a genius, babe. Like That's what word. It totally will work. And, then, <laughs> and I've, I've heard this, you know, like Steve Jobs, right? I think he he was, he, he's infamous apparently to having a very messy desk. Einstein was the same. So, and why do you say it with such certainty that it's actually proof of genius rather than, than the opposite? I love that you bring up Einstein and Steve Jobs. I mean, even Obama, Obama said, don't hand right. me a piece of paper thirty sec- until 30 seconds before you need me to have it. Like he's, it's not a thing for him. That's not a deal. So even on the most practical levels, or my left brain people who are listening all in their logical brain, think about it. If you have a pile of stuff that's not fitting into your files anymore, or your inboxes, or your computer system online, if things aren't making it into their home, that's telling you that you have outgrown your systems. That is mm-hmm. the fact that you have outgrown something. You are bigger than what was there before, and you need to re-edit it. And the genius part of it is just, I mean... I have never looked at someone's clutter and thought, ew, oh, no. Every time I look at it, I'm like, wow, this person is so interesting and they are so smart and look at how their brain works and look at how they're, because I don't know anyone who does, like I, I tell all my clients this, you are actually organized. I don't care how much clutter you show me. I don't care how much, you could show me the most cluttered room in your house right now and I will tell you how that is organized. I will tell you that there is order in the chaos and it, It's just that that's not what we see. We see from this very pulled back lens. And what you have to do is dial in further. Like I don't look at the broad spectrum and think, oh my gosh, I can't use a surface in this house. I think, wow, look at that. All of these bills are piled right here. And that's because they have this going on or they've got this strategy or wow, they've got 200 browser tabs open because they're trying to launch a new startup or like I'm tracking systems. And so what I tell people to do, the two things you want to do is look at where the clutter is building up and what the clutter is that is building up. Because 
the where tells you the area of your life that's being affected. The what tells you how it's trying to help you. And so this is what we really want to start to play in is how is this clutter serving me? Where is it? What is it illuminating about my life? And the greatest compliment I get every single day that I work with people is, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense because I think we overcomplicate things. I've got to create this very intricate system and this it's got to be A, B, and C. And it's like, no, like your clutter is staring you in the face and the problem contains the solution. If you want the solution to your clutter, you don't go out and find a box. You look at the clutter. The clutter will tell you the solution built into it. So, okay, I'm looking at my desk. I've got some receipts, a deodorant can, a microphone in a a box outside of the normal setup. And I've got some some shoe polish on the table. Tell me, what am I missing? Well, I can, well, what do you miss? That's interesting that you said, what am I missing? Because you have very little on your desk. What that tells me about you is that when you lock into that seat, you don't leave for a while. Like either you are hauling cookies <laughs> to get here and you are like sliding across the finish line like, Whoo, and then you're free. And then you kind of need to function from this place for the next however many hours you probably yeah. lock in. If you had some food there, I might double down on that. Like I might be like, mm, but I think maybe, I don't know. Yep. I've got an uh, empty water bottle, so maybe that's... Yep. Uh, so you're yeah. ready to... That, so yeah, the duration of that water bottle tells me how long it is before you get up. Like, just for <laughs> your time. But so what are you missing? Like, I, you know, I know that you meant that, like, what am I missing? What am I not seeing in my systems? But yeah. one of the first things I always tell people to do is when we're creating organizational systems, the first thing we can do is we can create something. We think of organization as paring down, purging, getting rid of stuff, throwing things out. Well, what if you add to that space? Like if you think about the goals that you want to achieve in your life and with your work and with your finances, right? Because the office is the hub of finances, our career path. And so, and for some people it's creativity. And so we sit down and we look at that. When you are sitting there, what do you need to see to feel like you are in alignment with the highest version of yourself that is absolutely already meeting those needs? That's what I want in front of you. I don't care what people can see behind you on Zoom or what it looks like from the door. I care that when you are sitting there, you feel like you are in a power throne and that you have everything you need at your fingertips and that you feel like king of the world. Wow. I love that. Certainly, that's not my experience, but certainly that would be a really extraordinary framing to bring. So it's not about what I'm missing. It's more like ignore that. That's the wrong way to approach it. That's like the logical, quote unquote, uh, linear way to think about it. Whereas the exponential almost is to go, well, it doesn't matter what's on there right now. What should be on there is where you're yeah, kind of starting. Is that right? Stuff? I, I always used to say, what are you making space for? Right? Because like, if yeah. I let the clutter tell me what it wants, the clutter just wants to be there. The st- your deodorant never wants to leave that spot. It's like, but I'm very useful here. Like I'm, this is where I belong. <laughs> it's you know, convenient. <laughs> exactly. It's convenient. I'm here. And yeah. that's totally fine. But what we want to do is think, okay, do I want to be the CEO of my life? And what does that look like? What does it look like to step into that world right now? Like for me, I'm a nature queen. And so I need greenery around me. You can see a couple behind me. I have probably 20 plants in my office and maybe four plants in the rest of my house. But I feel so strong and powerful when I have greenery around me. It also reminds me of the planet, makes me want to do good, holds me accountable to my values. And so surrounding myself with something as simple as that makes me feel more in alignment with my highest self, makes me do better work, makes me more dialed in. And that's what we want to do is what are you filling your space with? Like stop thinking about purging because 
when you fill your space, like with what you really desire and what you deserve, mm-hmm. it feels good to you. There's no room for the clutter and the crap. And actually, you won't tolerate it. Like one of those, I when that. I said the 10 steps, like one of the steps is decorating. You're not organized start to finish until you've decorated, until you've made your space pretty because no one wants to live in a superstore, you know, like with with catalogs of boxes. I mean, maybe someone does. I'm not judging you if you do, but most people don't. You want to live in a beautiful place that feels like you, that when you walk in, mm. you feel ownership. And that's what we want from your spaces. Oh, I love that. Such a reframe, which is really powerful. And it's not because it's so your mess uh, you you've got clutter let's deal with the clutter you're saying ignore the clutter let's say well how could we create this space and what do you want yeah like yeah. three questions i always tell people you know and this is like super pragmatic this isn't even us digging into your like deepest hopes and dreams the three questions you want to ask yourself when you're organizing any room or setting up a room even what do I want to do in this space meaning the practical activities and normally i tell people don't have more than 3 to 5 Right? You don't want to turn your 12 by 12 office into a craft room and storage and office and guest room. And it's just trying to do too much. So three to five things that that room is doing. Then you want to say, how do I want to feel in this room? Or if you're not a feelings person, what do I want to experience in this room? And then you want to ask yourself, how do I want this space to look? And the answers to those three questions become your guiding light. It shows you where you're going. It's like, well, do I keep this pen? Well, if it's not one of, it doesn't match one of those answers that you just came up with, you don't keep it, at least not in here. You can move it to another room, but we have to give ourselves a blueprint. If we don't have a blueprint, it's kind of like going on a road trip, but having no idea where you're going. Like Mm. if you don't have a clear map, you're just going to end up wherever the roads take you. You're not going to end up where you want to go. If you want to go to the beach, great. If you want to go to the mountains, like there's planning that has to happen. And then you know, we can't plan and do it at the same time. And this is one of the biggest cause for overwhelm when we're organizing because people just launch in and then they let the stuff affect them versus stopping, setting your intention for that room, saying, okay, great, here's the amount of time that I have. Let's let's do the best we can with what we have today and really planning it versus just launching in there, hoping it goes well, which is what a lot of people experience. Mm. Oh, so I want to talk about the emotional side of it. What? If you've got someone who's there, it sounds like you've got the cheering, whooping crowds of the ones who are ready. You know, they're, they're, they're grateful to the acknowledged as it's not a problem. What about the ones, what would you say to the person who's not ready? And actually, the the clutter, okay, they kind of acknowledge that maybe there's something deeper there, but they're not. Maybe it's too sensitive or something like that to go, to go there just yet. Yeah. I mean, I love this question. It's such a, an intuitive question, such a smart question. So I have this box of stuff that is from someone who I love who passed away. And I am an organizer. I don't have that much stuff in my house. And so what I have should be super organized. And if I love it, it should be here. And if I don't love it, it shouldn't be here, right? That's like common organizing wisdom. Well, I inherited this box and I remember going through it. It wasn't even a box actually at the time. It just came to me in like a, just a dump, like here's, this is for you star. And I remember I started to process it and it just felt like someone was stabbing me in the heart with a sword and I couldn't. Mm. So I took it and I boxed it and I put a label on all four sides and said what it was. And then I put it out in the garage so that it was out of my common space. And I have still not dealt with that stuff and I'm not ready to. And I refuse to do it before I'm ready because that represents a very big trauma in my life. And no one gets to tell me how I handle my trauma. No one gets Mm -hmm. to tell you how to handle your traumas. And even if it's not as heightened as a trauma, 
you are allowed to have time to process, to evolve, to do it on your own timetable. And why I tell people or what I tell people to do is take that stuff and I call them landmines because that's what it feels like. You're just yeah. going about your day having a normal Tuesday and suddenly you find a letter from someone that you love who's gone and now you're in like either in a flashback or you're super emotional or you're foggy headed and overwhelmed and now you're not as effective as you had been. So what I tell people is collect those landmines. It can be a painful situation, but collect them, box them, label them and put them away. Uh, At least in the meantime, they're not affecting your day to day. You might get to them. There may be a day where you feel ready to do it. Great. And if you never feel ready to do it, that is okay. If you die and it hasn't been done, guess what? No one's writing that on your tombstone. Didn't organize that last box of painful stuff. <laughs> like it's it's going to be yeah. fine because it's not going to be as painful to someone else. It's it's okay. And if you get to the point where you want to throw it away, great. But I really embrace people not necessarily doing things before they're ready. But I also don't want you ruining and hurting yourself day to day, having that stuff affect you emotionally by having it just out and kind of splintering in every area of your life. So get it out, move it. It's there when you want it. And if you never need it, great. And in the meantime, it's not affecting your daily life. So really, you're like a counselor star. Is this right? <laughs> How dare you? I mean, a little I'm not, yeah, a little bit like a clutter. It's funny. I have this marketing picture that I did a long time ago. And it's like me. And I, it's me like looking like a therapist with my glasses on. And I've got a yeah. notebook and I'm writing this. <laughs> and there's a giant. We built this giant pile of clutter. So it looks like I'm like listening to the clutter like mm, very interesting. Mm, yes, of course. <laughs> I mean, I like I'm not a therapist. I'm very clear about that. But I mm. but I do have a therapeutic practice. I really I believe in a more holistic view of clutter. I don't think it's as simple as put clutter in a box and label it. I think if you do that, it's fine if that works for you. But for those people who are struggling with recurring clutter, it's not getting, t it's not helping you be your best self by just shoving it in a box and hoping it goes away. Because it's also, our planet doesn't need us to have more stuff. Our wallets don't need us to have more stuff. Our time and our schedules don't need us to have more stuff. Like, you know, we need more stuff like we need a hole in the head. What we need is authentic connection to ourselves, authentic connection to the people we love, feeling really dialed into the things that bring us joy. And sometimes the things that are stopping us from having that experience can reveal themselves through the process of organizing. So I'm not a therapist, but it is a therapeutic process because it has such beautiful capacity mm -hmm. for healing. Love that. I think it. so what I love about this podcast, you know, we speak to a whole bunch of really amazing and interesting people with you know, you know, a whole variety of different interests. And I think it, when it comes to performance, especially intelligent performance, it's often about not doing things which most people do, right? It's usually, it's not what you call, the common sense idea is sometimes the, it's the antithesis of, of, of real intelligent performance. It's not about just keep tidying and keep removing your deodorant can, keep trying to declutter, declutter, declutter. It's, you're actually going, scrap that, it doesn't work. It's like um, Band-Aid at best. This is about, let's take a new approach, which is what do you, what would you love to have there? Which I love that. So just tell me though, it sounds like if, if I'm one of these people, I'm like, what does it look like on your side? How do you take them on this journey? Is it like a 12 month thing? Is it, can you do it in like three minutes? Like how long? <laughs> 30 like seconds. <laughs> I mean, everybody comes at a different place. There's people who are ready for this and they maybe just through hearing something that I share in my communities or one of my classes, they hear what they need, the missing piece, and they can take off. And some people will work with me for the rest of their lives. 
And that's not my desire. It's not like like I don't want to be the crutch that you require for the rest of your life. But for some people, they're always going to have clutter and they need someone to be in their corner and say, I've got you. This is, I created a um, a community called the Chaos to Calm community. And we basically get together every month. We organize together. We talk about wow. what's what makes it difficult. And we organize a different room every month. So in the course of a year, you've basically made contact with every room in your home. And the people who stay for multiple years, there's many of those. The next round, they basically update their systems and they maintain or they take a month off and then they step back on. But organizing is like hygiene. It never goes away. And what I'm trying to teach people is how to have resilience to know what to do with clutter because we live in a material world. You're never going to not have clutter. You might inherit someone's clutter. Or a chapter of your life might be a bit, a bit chaotic as you're experiencing with kids, right? For the next 18 years or so, you your dance card is full, my friend. You're just going to do the best you can in an imperfectly yeah. perfect situation. So trying to be present to what people need, but I really try to meet them where they are. If all they need is a little pixie magic and they you know, get the insight right away and take it and go, that's great. If they need more support, I offer that too, because this is a big wound. There's a lot of people who have a lot of trauma mixed in with their clutter. And a lot of people who they need practice because this is a whole new concept for them, even in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Like this is something that's just they've never had time for or no one ever taught them. But I would say at the end of the day, what I want the most for people is I want them to take up space. Stop apologizing for who you are. Stop trying to fit into the rooms of your home. Like expand and take up space. Like if you want your deodorant, like let's just give your deodorant the coolest home on the planet right on your desk. Like if like make like a little dude grooming station that just hangs out there but looks badass. Then people come over and they're like, what? Genius. You know, it's like, like let's let's say yes to what you're what you actually need and who you are and what's going on and make it the best version of it. And you take up more space and really own your power because because the world needs you in your power. The world doesn't need you apologizing or cowering or anxious or scared. It's like the world needs you saying, this is who I am, loud and proud. Wow. That is so cool. Start. I love that. Yeah. I love this. I love this reframing. I think it's really, really powerful. It's such a, you know, you've, you've helped me understand that my wife's a genius rather than, you know, a, a messy pup. Um, I'm so excited for the two of you. It's going to be a great week. <laughs> <laughs> and this community, so this sounds like this is a a group of, as I think to use your words, but kind of that badass career person who's there. Um, they're sharing their, their journey. They're, it probably sounds like a pretty raw and vulnerable community in some capacity as well, um, where they're kind of navigating that behind the scenes view of clutter. So... And, and in terms of what, what, where are you trying to take people, Star, what's the end destination look like? Is it that, that they are taking up that space, they're, they're free to genuinely express themselves and they experience that level of like, it sounds like release or uh, success almost in an area they haven't experienced that before? Yeah, it's, you know, I don't do before and after pictures. It's just not my jam. Like I get a little nauseous when I see them. If I'm being totally honest, I'm like, plastic, you know, <laughs> it's like, like it's pretty and that's fine. But no, what I want is for people to be so busy and happy living their life that, you know, that's the after. The after is you thriving, living your best life. Because most people have this perception that, oh, I'll, 
start dating once my house is organized. Oh, mm-hmm. I'll do this once I lose weight. Oh, once I, you know, once I renovate the kitchen, then I'll have a party. Like, I'm sorry, stop. Do it now. Like, live your life now because here's the thing. You want to get rid of clutter really fast? Throw a party. You're going to get into hyperdrive really fast to mm-hmm. that party. Right. And if you and the more that you are living this life, the less space there is for clutter. And yes, it requires work and yes, it requires energy. But I always say fill your spaces with life, not stuff. Like if you are filling your the the spaces of your life with real living, there's no room for clutter. And I'm mm. not saying that mad clutter is going to magically disappear, but it will sometimes feel like that because you are holding yourself back from living the life you deserve to live. And the truth is when when you die, nobody's going to write on that tombstone, super organized pantry. Like no one is going to care. D- top drawer of desk, very, very organized. Like no, like had an incredible partner, kids. Do, you know, it's like, think about the things that really mean the most to you and like start doing it now because to me, that's where I want you to go. And if I can be supportive to you along the way, give you, I'm almost like a bubble of support. So like people will come and they're a part of the membership because they just want to organize once a month with a group of people. Because if they didn't, weren't a part of the membership, they wouldn't organize at all because yeah. it's so overwhelming or scary to them. Some people come for the classes because they want to learn how to organize better or they come for the emotional support because nobody else is talking about how to overcome overwhelm or how to deal with your perfectionism. And so we're digging into all of that through the lens of your clutter. And so if I can be supportive, great. But the goal is to get you living just the best life that you possibly can. Uh, awesome. What a place to leave and finish this conversation. And um, yeah, look, thank you so much. It's been so insightful, so different to what I thought you were going to talk about. And it's certainly not about putting labels on boxes. This is something about far more profound and impactful and it's actually about taking up the space and creating the space. It's a bit like, just reminds me of dieting. You know, it's not about restricting calories. It's really about, in some cases, it's actually about eating more, just the good stuff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, how do you want to eat rather than just stop eating? And I think that's a really powerful way to think about trying to fill your life with more um, such there's no room for the clutter but yeah stuff thank you so much for sharing your perspective um we're going to link to your book the why the oh, f yeah. are still not organized yes and i was going to tell you i'd i'd love to give your listeners a free copy if you're open to that Man, i would love that <laughs> if they go to starhansen.com and it's h-a-n-s-e-n.com forward slash podcast they can get a free copy of the book and okay. it's available on audible and amazon all every all the places but you can get why why do that when you can get it for free I love that. Thank you for being so generous. That is fab. Well, we'll link to that. We'll make sure we, people can find that nice and easily. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on here, Star, and thank you for sharing your perspective. Super, super helpful. Thank you.